This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for joining us. Detroit's Anchor Bar is a long-time fixture in downtown. Uh, it's a place I can remember going for the first time as a young reporter in the early 1990s and thinking, wow, now this is a newspaper bar. It was crowded with other reporters and editors. There's framed pictures on the walls of journalists past and political figures, sports figures. Journalists in town have long considered the anchor home, or at least the bar stool away from home, and so have other downtown employees, union workers, and many activists. Last week, the Dedrarian family, uh, longtime owners of the anchor, handed over the keys to new owners, and it is the end of an era. Joining me now to talk about the Anchor Bar is Vaughn Dedarian Jr. He's the former owner of the Anchor Bar. Vaughn, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Also with us by phone is Vaughn Dedarian Sr., another former owner of the Anchor Bar. Vaughn, welcome to Detroit Today. Morning, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn Sr., I want to start with you. Uh, talk to me about how you came to own the Anchor Bar, and uh, talk to me about its importance, not just in your life, but in the life of this city. Well, um, you shouldn't give me such an open-ended question. <laughs> <laughs> it's your time. But it was 1970. I graduated from Oakland University. I taught part-time. I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I thought about law school, but it sounded like a whole lot of work. Mom suggested, I want to go work for your dad. <laughs> oh yeah. Why was why? Well, I know you, you need a job, and you could tell me what's going on, that sort of thing. So eventually, I entered the organization as a spy for my mother. But <laughs> it wasn't long before my father won me over with his personality, contacts, and unique style of uh, yeah. running a business. So, and uh, that was in you know 1970, and. Uh, I kind of liked it, and I, I took to it. It took me a while to develop my own personality because uh, my father was such a important and resident character downtown with mm-hmm. a lot of other people. All groups, all sorts of groups, but I kind of went psycho for the first few years trying to emulate him and realizing <laughs> I can't do that. I'm not as smart as him, as funny as him. So uh, after about 8 million bottles of Chevis Regal, decided, uh, you know, I should be my own guy. And make it into your own place, right? Well, and, and uh, my father died in early uh, January of 94, about one month after we opened up the place on on uh, on Fort Street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the first bar was started in 1959. It was being closed down on 3rd and Howard, where my dad had a apparently grocery store that was the front for a horse racing operation <laughs> from 1947. So actually, my family's been down there for, geez, about 70 years 70 now. years, <laughs> right. Wow. Uh, Vaughn Jr., I, I, I know you from my most recent stint here in Detroit, the last 10 years uh, that I've come back uh, after being away from Detroit for some time. Uh, what I loved about the bar is that, you know, I was gone for 10 years uh, or 15 years here away from Detroit. I came back. One of the first places I went was the Anchor Bar, and I found 
just as welcome uh, a reception there as uh, as I had before. The place hadn't changed all that much over that time. Yeah, one of the things that um, <clears throat> the new owners uh, commented on as they were coming in is that when you go to most bars and you talk to the staff and you ask them how long you've how long they've been there, you get you know three years, four years, five years. And when they came in, they were talking to the new staff. The you know you had people that said, well, you know, I've been around here for maybe 17, 18 years. Or, you know, I've been here for 22 years. I've been here for 12. You know, like the rookie is the person that's been there for like six or seven years. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and, and for, I think that that was something that we did very deliberately is that we wanted to nurture good people and reward loyalty and take care of the people who took care of us. And that kind of breeds that culture where you have a lot of people who want to stick around because they feel they know that you're going to look out for them, that you have their backs and that that. um you gotta do the best for them, or do what you can to, to make their lives better. Yeah, yeah. Even the reason uh, a lot of bars aren't like that is because uh, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody's there for twenty years, they're gonna make they're getting a lot of raises because they they deserve it. Right. <laughs> you know. So I, I intentionally, I think most businesses have high turnover, so they don't have to give anybody raises. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's a really interesting observation. Um, you know, one of the things that I have also associate with with the Anchor is sports moments here in in the city. Uh, I can remember when I, when I got back in 2007, the Red Wings were still pretty good. The Tigers were still uh, contending most years, and if, the anchor was the place that, that I naturally gravitated to to either watch the games or to celebrate uh, the wins. Uh, talk about the, the 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 bar's place in in Detroit sports history. Go on. Oh, um, yeah. I think that's something that that came out of our personality kind of naturally. My dad grew up playing hockey, and so that was something that he brought with him when he started coming into the bar business. I think my, my grandfather was more of a horse racing kind of a guy, uh, but my dad has a real passion for hockey and always has. And so, you know, one of my favorite little pieces of uh, memorabilia that we have is a program from, uh, the it's a Red Wings yearbook from like the first year that Eisenman played for the Wings. And we had an ad in that, that yearbook, you know, all the way back, that's like 82, 83, I think. And so, you know, that's something that, that, we we developed that we built over a really long period of time just because that's who we are. Um, you know, I'm still really passionate. I love hockey. Um, unfortunately, I love the Lions. Uh, <laughs> You're and, as cursed as the rest <clears throat> of us with yeah, that, uh, yeah. that legacy. <laughs> yeah, one of my friends posted a thing the other day that had the the mathematical uh, calculations needed for them make, to make the playoffs. And I'm like, oh, so there's still a chance. <laughs> there's we still, still got a some chance. chance, right? <laughs> we get suckered by that every year, right? Uh, we, let, yeah, go ahead. We go were ahead. already downtown for quite some time when they moved the hockey arena from Olympia, which is on Grand River and, and near the boulevard, mm-hmm. to uh, you know the big hole that Coleman Young dug at the in, in the uh, around along the riverfront and challenged Norris not to build his stadium in there. Right. Of course he did, and Coleman Young has always been a great hero of ours. My my father was fairly close to him. I met him several times. He's a magnificent man, but that's another story, I guess. <laughs> that's one of the hours. But when so when they moved downtown, there's like everybody's going, "Well, geez, this is kind of neat." And I'm thinking, "Holy crap, we got to get in here." 
So I bought like this shuttle bus. It was just an old beat up kind of like bus that we painted anchor blue. It was a van. It wasn't yeah. even a bus. It was a yeah, van. Yeah, it wasn't a bus. Yeah, it was a van. And I hired uh, five or six off-duty Detroit police officers to pass out these to- uh, these these coupons that I printed up that looked kind of like a ticket, and it you said second drink for the penny. <laughs> so they would stand at the bottom of those big tubes. <laughs> As everybody left and passed out these things. So we had, I guarantee you, for the first year, year and a half, we had to fight every single night there. <laughs> because they're leaving Joe Lewis, they're already kind of toasty, and now I'm going to give them two drinks, right? <laughs> but when we filtered through all those people, we actually had a, a hockey uh, base. And it lasted until you know, Little Caesars. Yeah. Yeah, just moved too far away for us. Well, uh, let's take a call here. Burl Fall Fallbaum uh, <laughs> wrote a book on the history of the Anchor Bar. Burl, welcome Hi. to the conversation. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, what are What are your memories? Uh, of, oh of my Bar? goodness, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> um, and you know, I wrote the book in 1979 when uh, Vaughn was still a young man and. Uh, the memories are endless. Uh, like you said at the beginning, it was a special era, and I'm dealing mostly with journalism and a little bit of politics. It was a bar for journalists. It was like an oasis for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went in there, we knew the politics were outside the door, and politicians that came in understood that. And I wrote the book because I wanted to save all those stories. I'd already left the news, but a friend of mine said, there got to be a lot of stories there, and there were. <laughs> and there were Damon Runyon, like a characters, long gone, Doc Green, Chicky Sherman, Hank Sherman, and of course, Father Kern from Holy Trinity. Yeah. So those were wonderful, wonderful stories, and I decided to save it and with the help of Leo, and uh, I interviewed him at his house in New Baltimore every weekend. I'm glad I did it. Mm, wow. Uh, Burl, I really appreciate that you called in uh, for this segment. Uh, when I was a when I was a kid, we had a case of the, the of Burl's book that was in the the attic of our garage, and so when when I would get like some kind of a, a chore that I didn't want to do, I would sneak up there and hide and read <laughs> Burl's book and while I was trying book? to dodge my housework. Wow! Wow! Uh, we've got just a few minutes left. I want to I want to hear about the decision to move on to sell the anchor bar to someone else who bought it, what they're going to do with it, but also why you guys are stepping away. The timing was right in a lot of different ways. But mostly, uh, the guy uh, I dealt with, Zade uh-huh. Elia, uh-huh. who's a very important guy in Detroit now. Yes, he's not he is. nearly as big as Gilbert, but he's, he's right up he's there. Doing a lot of good, he's doing a lot of really interesting things. He's yeah, actually a and, good friend. Uh, I, I was convinced that he was a pretty sincere guy. And as things uh, shook down, we, we got a, a fairly short uh, land contract between the two of us, and uh, the money offered me offered not only my own retirement but a possible uh, ins- insulation against whatever might come along for my grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. So I've been in it for 49 years, my son for over 20 years, I think, and uh, downtown was was as robust as I'd seen it since, like, before the riots mm. in 1966, 65. I'd go down there and clean up the place and stuff and do different jobs, but it was it was busy everywhere. It was really very, you know, a very uh, active community. After mm. the riots, not so much anymore. Yeah. But uh, so the, the property value was right, 
I mean, uh, I, I bought it in like 1992 when Detroit, when it was the, the property values were really depressed. When everybody you know? was leaving, right? Oh, oh yeah, it was it was pretty pretty bad. The building had been unoccupied for almost three years when I bought it, wow. and our lease ran out at the old Shelby Hotel, which we were the only persons in that 600-room hotel. Yeah, I remember that, too. And um, so I, I did a bunch of work on it, and my son helped me, too. <laughs> and, and some of his buddies came by. It was a disaster, the work that we had to do, but, you know, we had, like, nine months to do it. And um, hmm. so... Uh, yeah. When I got the license transferred, we moved <laughs> over. We had a parade. Yeah. Actually, I grabbed the cash register, and there was about 50 or 60 people that followed me in a kind of like a serpentine line to the new place, and there we are now. <laughs> uh, Vaughn Jr., we've got about a minute left. Uh, talk about what you'll miss about being uh, down here. The people is really it, that there is something special about being able to see people. Yeah, actually, like just speaking specifically, I can tell a story about you. That I remember uh, <laughs> that there was a guy who used to come in who was a lawyer that played Euchre, and you and him, Dave... Um, uh, Burgess. Dave Burgess. Dave was... One a, of my closest friends in my entire life. <laughs> and uh, I remember I met you through Dave. Dave was a guy that I knew because he came in and played Euchre. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we had a really great conversation. We had a day where we were sitting there talking about God knows what. And then you left and you went on to other things and did other stuff, <laughs> and then you came back in, and I recognized you because I remember you through Dave. Yeah. And... Being able to sort of like cultivate that little extended family is something that I'm going to miss. But, you know, things are changing in the city and, and people are changing and, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a different place now. Yeah. All right. Vaughn Derdarian Sr. and Vaughn Derdarian Jr., thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you. And good Thank luck. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.